I remember how it felt. I keep saying that it's a book, but really it was a series. It was just a series of an idea. I was thinking about a way to film my poems. I wanted to find a way to create something bigger where it's the words and it's the poems, but it's also a visual. And I still hope to do this someday, but the vocal version of it has come out with my podcast. Being able to do these episodes and talk about everything really has opened up a lot of the things that I do. I write a lot. I have a whole bunch of poems. You see, I'm still just posting stuff from years ago, but I still have newer stuff that I'm I'm putting out as well with this podcast. One thing I've always liked about doing poems is I love to hear what people think the meaning behind it is. Everything's up for interpretation, so all art doesn't need to be explained. And I say that because it's very, very true. People hear these things and they relate them to themselves or they hear these things and they think about something that's going on in society or they think about what they would do in this scenario. So I don't always give the background behind everything because it's like, hey, this is for you to hear and you to take whatever you need to take from it. But with this, it meant a lot to me. I went back in history and went through some breakups, went through some first exchanges and truly wanted to see if I could just remember a moment in every essence. And I'm going to go through each one of them to kind of give you the the background and, and why they were so significant to me. It's so cool to read back these poems because I still remember exactly how they felt. I still remember exactly what was going on in each one. Starting with the first, a heart that I had, that was a breakup. I was breaking up with a girl in a car outside of her cousin's house. And (laughs) we actually didn't break up that night. And when I say, no, we're not done yet, that was exactly what she said to me. We're not done yet. And I was like, I I guess we're not done yet. (laughs) Because I didn't want to break up. I didn't really want that. I just wrote it in my head that this wasn't going to work. And I created something that now, if I was in that scenario with my wife or something, we would talk about it. But then I was just immature. I didn't speak about my feelings. I didn't talk about the things that were bothering me. And that was the result of it. We broke up and it was... A very powerful moment. I still remember smelling the air freshener. That's how crazy I remember that moment. I don't remember everything was said, but it really impacted me. It really, it's helped me grow over the years. 14 Steps was about my first kiss with my high school sweetheart. We were in Wizard of Oz rehearsal and my friend bet me to kiss her. And so I made it seem like it wasn't a big deal, but it was a huge deal. I've never done anything like that before, and I highly advise against it now. That was such a (laughs) ridiculous thing. I can't believe I did it. I'm happy there's no, like, anyway. I was very fortunate that it was with somebody that helped me grow as a person. I remember everything about that. Like I said, the sawdust, the the costumes, everybody freaking out and running around. I I just, it was so crazy of a moment that I'll, I'll never forget that. Nothing was real. 
I was in a production of Grease and I was in a scene with my future girlfriend. But before we would go on stage, I had this thing that I would do backstage because whenever I do shows, I try to have some type of, you know, ticks that only the character does. But that, you know, I'm also a part of it. So whatever I do is something that will come out in the character and it'll help blend me and the character together. But this is something that they do. So with this character, one of the things was he was a big romantic, of course, which I am, but he was. And when I would stand with her backstage, it was kind of my chance to add to the scene on stage. We were getting ready for the prom or the dance, whatever, the big dance contest in Greece. And so I would always sing a different song to her quietly backstage. And we kind of swayed together and danced together backstage before we got on stage and did more dancing and more. So I kept the dance going. We were in our costumes. It was like we were continuing it. And it felt like nothing was real because we were acting. But we were building a relationship in that scenario, which I was in another relationship. So it was a really bad thing to do. But I didn't think about it more until afterwards where I'm like, wow, back then was when this started. In my head at the time, I don't believe I thought it was starting anything. But then, you know, it's all flooded now because eventually that became a relationship. And so those moments in that production and the chemistry we shared was really powerful to the point that I'll never forget that production, but I I really focus in on some of those backstage moments because that was part of the character development that the audience wouldn't even see, but I still did for the character. On top of that, it, it blossomed into something else. So it was a really powerful moment that I'll always remember. Exposing my troublemaker was my very first girlfriend. That was what that was all about, where I was dating her and I went on this retreat with school. And the whole retreat, I was good. I didn't talk to anybody and it was great. And I was like, I'm in a relationship. It's my first relationship. And I know that I'm supposed to be a good boy. And that was really a hard lesson that I had to learn because some people would say, oh, you flirted with everyone in high school or everyone liked you or whatever. You know, people have different perspectives of everything. But for me, I honestly didn't feel like I was noticed by the opposite sex. I didn't feel like I was ever truly pursued. Now, granted, it might have been I might have just not been pursued by the people I wanted to be pursued by. I'm not exactly sure what it is, but I truly remember feeling like I was a loser. And and then I got a girlfriend and I don't even feel like I got that girlfriend by being myself. I was doing stuff that my friends joked about and told me to do. and was like, you should do this. And I wasn't even speaking myself When, when we were together. Of course, I was myself more and you know, becoming myself with her, but I'd never been in a relationship. So this was the first person that ever pursued me, made an effort to truly, I don't care about anyone. I want to be with you. I want to hook up with you. You're cute. You're this, you're that. Things I'd never heard from anyone else. And I remember that was the last night of the retreat. That made it even worse. 
I remember that all happening and me fighting the whole time like no 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 and we were at dinner I remember the smell of the food I remember the the restaurant I remember exactly what it looks like there was a green light flowing in from outside because the sign outside is a green and red light downtown St. Louis and I remember looking out the window and seeing cars and people in the park across the street. I remember everything about that moment because I felt like this wasn't real. It was another one of those, no way, this is happening right now. Every guy at this retreat was flirting with this girl. Every guy was pursuing this girl. Every guy was talking about how she's the pretty one. Everyone wanted to get at her. And I was the only one she was like, nah, he isn't talking to me. He isn't paying any attention to me. I'm going to go for him. And of course, you grow up and you realize that's just how it goes sometimes. And you got to have your head on right and know what you're dealing with. And, and since I had never experienced it at that time, it was still this new refreshing thing that was just like, oh, my God. Now I would just kind of shush it away. But I'll never forget that moment. That was another huge lesson in growth for me. And I I'm assuming you're listening to this, you're hearing that's a common theme through all of this, throughout all of this growth. Each one of these moments were moments that I grew and I still think about to this day and learned so much from. Basketball is life. This one almost sounds like nonsense, I bet, but this is with another girlfriend. And I had thought we were serious up to this point, but this was the first night I looked at her and I was like, wow, we could really be together forever. If this is how it's always going to be, I truly could enjoy this. And we were at one of my favorite restaurants in St. Louis, the Broadway Oyster Bar, and listening to a band that I used to play with as well. Green Bean is actually a person. He plays saxophone in St. Louis. Shout out. And... I remember that night just being so great, but this girl was another one of those people that I wasn't truly myself with them, I don't think. At parts I was, sometimes I was, but unanimously I wasn't. I wasn't always myself. I wasn't always communicating what I wanted. I wasn't always truthful and honest about things. So when I say basketball is life and the whole poem is about me playing football, that's kind of the idea where I got with this person and they played football and they wanted to play football and that's all they wanted to do. And I was like, cool, I, I, I could play football. Let's, let's do football. But truly, I love basketball. That's my favorite sport. So even though I was hanging and I was actually able to keep things going and we were actually pushing things through and it was wonderful, whatever, it, it eventually came back to me where it was like, you don't like playing football. Why are you doing this? Go, go find someone who wants to play basketball with you. And so that's where that inspiration for this poem came. But everything that happened that night was another one of those moments. I remember smelling the kitchen. I remember the door swinging open for the restaurant and we're on the patio. I think I had a stag in my hand while I was there hanging out drinking and we were just chilling. It was such a cool night. I'll never forget that night, but it was another one of those moments where I truly wanted to make something out of a scenario that was clearly not right for me. And I can't forget that night. That was another one of those moments that I should have truly been looking at the actual equation. But instead, I was trying to figure out what pen I was going to write with. And 
I needed to just get the equation done. Sweet Tea, Trains, Cigarettes, and Flowers. This poem is about the city of Cape Girardeau. I love St. Louis, born and raised St. Louis. I bet if you listen to my podcast every episode, you've heard me mention St. Louis so much that you're annoyed by it. It's just, it's a part of me, but Cape Girardeau is a place that I always like to tell people. I paid my first bills there. I became a man. I became an adult in Cape Girardeau when I went to college there. And I stayed there in the summers my last couple of years and had apartments. And, you know, I truly embraced the city of Cape and it's been a while since I've been back, of course. I, I went back for a funeral, and then I drove through and saw one of my close friends, MJ, shout out. My guy Marcellus passed away, and before he died, I would go always go back, and I would always see him when I went back, so it's still difficult for me to go back, but it's such an important part of my life. I love that place so much. And I was just talking about one of my first houses that I rented in there in this poem on Independent Street. And like I said, sweet tea cigarettes. Like I always felt like I was standing in the middle of cigarette smoke. And I know that sounds unappealing, but it gives me one of those weird callbacks to a time that was so simple. And people were so simple. My net of people were so tight. And I truly missed having that you know I have places that you know if it's a night where I'm like what am I gonna do tonight I had a checklist I'll go to the bar I don't want to go to the bar oh I'll go to this person's house ah maybe not I want to go back to the university and rehearse I don't want to go back to school this this like I have so many places I could go and I always talk about how Chicago was so difficult because Chicago was the place I went after Cape and I had two places I can go in Chicago for a long time it was Davenport's Piano Bar where I would go do open mics and sing and perform. And I was able to meet so many wonderful people. And I still love going up there to go there and perform. And then I had my apartment where we were just a tight crew. But other than that, until I got a job certain places, I was trapped in Chicago. And, and Kate made it difficult because I felt like, you know, if I wanted to do a show next weekend, I could build a band go talk to owners of bars because I was so close to people downtown and I would put it together and it was nothing. It was it was fun and I would put it on Facebook or I'll tell one person and tell them to tell everyone and it would be packed. It was just everything to me. It sucks that I haven't been back but that poem truly just was another one of those moments where it was like I, I remember that place so dearly and it was so nice to me and there's none better than it. The last one, of course, is one, two, I do. And it's about getting married. It was about the moment I'm standing at the altar. I'll never forget that. I wrote a full journal about that week leading up to it. And of course, the day of. And the day of is like five pages worth of journal. Like, I, I don't think I got everything. It's just so crazy how much stuff happens when you get married. And I remember standing up there. Even though it's it was a flash, it's still something I remember. <laughs> <laughs> That's so crazy to describe. But I still remember looking at everything. Everything seemed so bright still. Like I couldn't even open my eyes all the way because everything was so bright. Everyone was looking at me. And I'm used to that part because I'm on stage and I perform at weddings and I do bingos and trivia. And of course, people are always paying attention to me. But just for some reason, that moment was so different. How the 
eyes looking at me made me feel was different. Like I said, when, when I closed my eyes, I felt like one second no one was next to me and the next second everyone was next to me. If, if It was a flash, but I still remember what my aunt looks like. I still remember what my godmother's face looked like when she was looking at me. I still remember my cousins and Adrian's family. I remember everything from that moment. I remember the tree that was hanging over the last person on Adrian's side. Like I, st- I remember all of it. And it's one of those moments that you don't realize how crazy big it is until it's over. Just like going to prom or getting your first car or getting your license. Those moments are just huge. It's going to change everything. That moment was just everything for me. You know, the one thing about this I truly loved was kind of going back to those moments. I feel like a lot of people try to erase the past. You know, you can on Facebook after someone breaks up and they delete all the pictures of the people they were in a relationship with or Instagram or, you know, they try to erase this past. And I understand that some people can't do it. It's, it's not for everyone. But I truly do like looking back to those moments because I wouldn't be with my wife if it wasn't for those moments. If it wasn't for me learning from my mistakes and the things that I went through and the way I treated people or the way people treated me or the experiences I had. And I'll never forget that stuff. <laughs>